This is Fusion Music Radio's Birds of a Feather. We are an indie music-focused show rife with witty, fuck-laden, of course, insanely interesting and unhinged banter, and our fascinating fun features and thematic song submissions will confuse, infuse, and delight you. And who am I? Well, I am Christina Baldwin, vocalist for the dark rock band Ascent, These are strange days, but I take it all as it comes. I am an L.A. woman, a wild child, and queen of the highway. Cars hiss by my window on my moonlight drive down Love Street. Yes, the river knows we could be so good together, my wild love. By the end of the night, when the music's over, I will be an unhappy girl, waiting for the sun to touch me before the end. Wow. Well said, my 20th century fox. Okay. <laughs> and I am Professor P. Soup. Uh, and me, I just want to rock and roll all night. And by all night, I mean till about 11.30. And party every day. And by party, I mean lie around in bed eating graham crackers and watching old monster movies. Let's get rolling with another episode of Boyds of a Feta. Sounds great. Well, that means that we have to start with bird banter, and this particular bird banter has two parts, and you are part one. Me? It's the shock and awe campaign. It's the shock and awe again? Wow. Okay, let me, uh, about this me doing the part one thing, let me consult the uh, Magic 8 Ball here. Yes. Which says... Oh, I'm sorry. It says, Outlook, not so good. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Let me see that fucking ball. Give me that ball. <laughs> as if, Shake as, it again. As if it isn't on here on the papers. <laughs> I hope no prospective employer listens to this, or I'm really in trouble. They're going to be like, you know, okay, unable to follow simple instructions. Uh, next uh, next resume, please. <laughs> <laughs> Do not use me for a reference. I'd be like, you're right. He cannot yeah, figure like, it out. Just hear the show. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not trying to influence you. Just listen to the show. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, changes. We have moved, brothers and sisters, to Saturday. Beginning on September 12th, both and winging it. New episodes will air on Saturday. We used to be Friday. Now we're on Saturday. And, uh, of course, you can always stream it later if you're not available. On October 2nd and 9th, Birds of a Feather will present Winging It in place of our regular full-length show, and we'll return with the full-length shows of Birds of a Feather on the 23rd. Why is that? Because Christina, the uh, Iron Lady, has... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with the uh, iron fist and the velvet glove has mandated that the October 23rd show will feature my own personal top 10. Or more. Or Yeah, it, it'll yeah. probably be more. And I'll share some of my favorite bands and their music in honor of Me Boof Die, which is actually this month, but we got kind of caught up doing the show already. I know, so, right now. Yeah, so it's, oh, so it's, it's coming. retroactively going to be for Me Boof Day uh, next month. So you'll hear some of, uh, some of my personal picks instead of submissions. So uh, that should be interesting. And of course, when her birthday rolls around, when her uh, you know thirty eighth rolls around, we're yes. going to. Um, uh, I think you meant thirty second. <laughs> thirty second. You confused? Uh, we're going to uh, see what her her picks are. Yes. But yeah, that was uh, part one. Uh, what's part two? My notes. You do not have to look at your notes. Part two is our typical bird banter, and this time, David, we are talking about the sexiest songs of all time. Yeah, baby. That's what I'm talking about. 
So I am going to start, and I cannot wait for your response, and then we're going to share our personal lists. And of course, as you know, I always have honorable mentions. So in addition to the list I'm going to share with you right now, which was accumulated by looking at mm, something like 18 different sites, because it was so crazy what some people thought was sexy. Now, let me just say, songs about sex are not always sexy. Oh, though no, definitely not. Sometimes they could be, but sexy to me is a voice is mm-hmm. the tone, is the lyrics, is the music. So it's interesting. We'll the see. The rhythms. What, the rhythms, that's right. The motion of the ocean. I couldn't help it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really. That's not right. What counts as sexy today uh, doesn't get a rise out of me. Uh, uh, <laughs> and it doesn't, no, uh, and the song doesn't, that. the song can be about, you know, uh, you know, uh, grocery shopping or something like that and still be sexy if it's handled correctly. That's correct. Yeah. Oh, if it's handled correctly. You know, yeah. I'm not I, sure. I, I'm, not, I'm not doing this on purpose. I'm not really sure. I'm not sure I buy that. Well, the first let's song... Let's get off that subject. Okay, let's get off. I don't want to... <laughs> I don't need to be on top of that anymore. <laughs> right, I don't. Right. So, um, the first one may seem a little obvious, but I Want Your Sex, George Michael. Hmm. Now, it's a super fucking sexy song to me. Always has been, and not just because it's about sex, but it's the video, it's his voice, it's the music, it's everything. So that wasn't, I didn't, this is not my list, this is accumulation of many lists. So that was one. And am I supposed to say something about that? Does nothing for you. No, no, actually, uh, there's a part of that I don't particularly care for. It's part about, um, I've waited so long, baby, now that we're friends. A man has his patience, and here's where mine ends. It's like, okay, I'm fed up. I'm pent up. I'm horny. You got to put out now. No, he says I want your sex, but he's—I mean—he's not saying you will give me your sex. No, no, no. He wants it. No, he's just saying, yeah, no. And 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 that's kind of—I mean—it's assertive, and it's—I can see where she might think, oh, that's 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 pretty hot. Yeah, Yeah. it's pretty hot. Especially if you're George Michael. She looks like she's enjoying it in the video. She (laughs) most assuredly (laughs) seems like she is. You probably know you, big George George Michael fan, probably know the backstory. That's someone he knows personally. That was actually his girlfriend girlfriend. when he was trying to. I thought so. Date and he women, pa- and but he painted on her body or something to explore monogamy, explore monogamy as if this is such a novel idea. You know, imagine fucking only one person. What a thought! <laughs> what a well, concept! It is know? a concept. Well, I think maybe he if wanted, you're a rock star like George Michael, right? Well, I think he wanted to, you know, put the focus on something that he thought was important. So he's like, "Hey, look, I'm saying let's have sex, but I'm saying it's between two people." Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I, I thought that was really cool. A good message. A hot. I mean, video. I'll bet Gene Simmons never explored monogamy. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't which, mean to completely turn you off here. Yeah, I was like, I was like, if if I if I had a rise happening, it would be do- it would be so fucking gone Desert right now. Desert Island celibacy, we're talking yeah, about seriously. here. <laughs> There's not one thing that's sexy about Gene Simmons, not one, including his hair, anyway, or his attitude, or his voice, or his moves, or his tongue, or any of that. So anyway. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the next song is Sexual Healing, Marvin Gaye. I knew that would be on there. Of yeah. course. Uh, and honestly, deservedly oof, so. Yeah. That's a sexy song. It really is his voice. It's the way the song sounds and the, you know, get up, get up, get up, get that's, up. That's, I mean, yeah. And I'm, I'm guessing that's not his only appearance, but I could be wrong. <laughs> Hey, I'm not. I'm not going to reveal no, anything. No, 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 am no, I? no spoilers here. Um, next, love to love you, baby, Donna Summer. 
Yeah, I figured that would be on there too. Yeah, almost made my list. You know, I'm assuming we have lists. Uh, we we I, do. According we have to the, lists. the notes, which I I've looked at a time or two. So. Oh, excellent! Wow, yeah, yeah. you internalize those. That's yeah. good. I, I think. Uh, yeah, I think that kind of fits. Uh, not certainly. Well, I mean, it's it's sexy. It's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I think it's supposed to be more than it actually succeeds in being. But I can understand that that you know that would fit there. She's kind of moaning the the whole song. You know, kind of. Love to love you, baby. Yeah, the effect is not hot. the same. Uh, not not the desired effect, I don't think, for All me. Right. But, you know, anyway. Fair enough. All right. Poor Donna. Oh, Donna, <laughs> Donna was gorgeous. Well, but oh, she was goodness. trying to get yeah. you get a yeah. rise out of you with that. And you're like, no, I'm out. All dim, right. all, dim all the lights was sexier, okay? Oh, all right. I hear you. All right. All right. All right. That, I didn't even think of that for my list, but that was where Donna was really hot. All right. Dim well. all the lights, we don't... Oh, yeah, yeah. That all works. Right. Sorry. Wow. You digress. Yeah, I digress. Oh, so. my goodness. It's Donna, though. <laughs> all right. Do you think I'm sexy, Rod Stewart? Oh, Lord. So... Cheesy as fuck. Yeah. But there's something really sexy about a guy with a raspy voice singing, Do You Think I'm Sexy? I'm like, well, actually kind of, yeah, that was kind of hot. Hmm. Uh, the video was ridiculous. It's too bad. It could have been a hot video. I don't, I mean, I'd say on the sexometer, it's probably like a four, but it re- registers four out of ten, by the way, not four out of a hundred. Four out of ten. So it registers, but it's not like, ooh, it's just, it registers. Well, you know, uh, the song, that to me, that's not a sexy song. And honestly, he should have asked her if she had coffee before he went home with her. I mean, mm, she didn't have any coffee. That's so true. That, that sucks. That, that sucks, you know. He should, or he could bring his own. Should, yeah, carry coffee with you. You I should. Mean, if you're going to have one night stands, I mean, you fucking carry yeah. Splenda. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. just for your morning coffee. Or evening coffee, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next song is Kiss You All Over, Exile. Oh, Okay, that song, I'm telling you, hell yeah. Yeah, you know what? Uh, that that had, uh, I hadn't thought about that one, but that's, that. I, I can see it. I can mm, totally see it. The voice, that man's voice, and mm. the, he wants to kiss me all over and all over again. Okay, I'm in. Sounds so, great. Please don't tell me how chocolate you sexy thing is on there, please. I hope not. <laughs> 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 Sorry, go ahead. Anyway, Exile, <laughs> super hot okay, song. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can see it. And... Let's get it on, Marvin Gaye. Duh, you know. I mean, it's there's it, a funny scene, and what is it? Something's got to give. I think it is. With, oh uh, yeah, Jack Nicholson, Diane, and he's upstairs with uh, with Amanda Peter, some thirty year old. Yes. And Diane Keaton's downstairs, like, oh no, is that Marvin Gaye? <laughs> he finally grows up and appreciates the beauty of more mature women like Diane Keaton, which was a which was refreshing to me because yes. who needs younger women? Honestly, I mean, older women are so hot. You know. Well, there you have it. There's your personal uh, there's your personal pitch for older women. I like it. That's nice. I am becoming an older woman, so I think I appreciate that people think that. But you know, but Marvin Gaye. Oh, God. Yeah, that voice. All right, this one. A lot of it's the rhythm. The rhythm of the song is so seductive. And that's, it is. that plays into uh, some of mine. But go ahead. Uh, Wicked Game, Chris Isaac. Mm, I never thought of it in those terms at all. Mm, I did. They're very hot song, mm. very hot video. He's not hot. Now, I know a lot of women are about to yell at me, but I don't think he's hot, but I like his voice. I like the way the song sounds. It's sexy. It's sultry. I love it. And, uh, yeah, I was not surprised to see it. I really wasn't. Hmm. So, you'll have to give these a second listen and see if now they suddenly have some sexiness to them. Pour some sugar on me, Def Leppard. 
uh, okay. I mean, not okay like I understand, but okay. Not sexy to me. No. I mean, no. I like the song, but it doesn't... Yeah. It, it's on the sex meteor it's like a one? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to... I mean, hard rock just isn't usually that sexy, you know? And again, it's the lyrics are like, oh, you know... I'm hot, sticky, sweet from my head to my feet. Yeah, but you're not singing it in a sexy way. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the, I mean, I think that rock and roll is sexy, but there's nothing sexy about that song to me, yeah. unfortunately. I put it on here, obviously, because it came up on every list. Really? And wow. I was like, really? But I thought also, you know, there's some stuff that we're not going to think is sexy on here, but I think that's great. Why not? Um, the next song is Nine Inch Nails, Closer. You have got to be kidding me. No, I think it's a hot song. I do. As I, I said, I want to hold your hand, too. I want to fuck you like an animal. I, that's a, I'm down. I, I, I like both. I, well, neither, neither of them is sexy to me. Um, uh, yeah, I want to hold yeah. your hand is not sexy to me, but there's some, the, again, it's the beat, it's the, the darkness. Yeah, oh, my God. I'm telling you, when I used to go clubbing, this song would come on, and I'm just the grinding and the bumping and the all over each other started to happen because yep. it's, it's so sexy. The seductive. I, I can seductive. see it. I can definitely see it in a club atmosphere. Yeah. I wish to. I wish to God I had never seen that that uh, libido killing video. <laughs> I got to tell you, I mean, it's you know. very bizarre and dark for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, yeah, and he's you know. I don't know that I think that video is necessarily sexy. I just think the song is sexy. The yeah. beat, the, what he's saying is really to have to have somebody say "I want to fuck you like an animal" is really kind of hot and different. Instead of "I want to make love to you," yeah, yeah, you know, there's just something about it. You're like, Ooh. I can understand that really hardcore. Oh no, no, I'm not going to pull any punches. I'm just going to tell, tell you as straight yeah. as I possibly can, right? Like in this the is starkest possible terms. Yeah, yes. I, I understand the appeal of that. This is like throw you up against the wall kind of yeah. thing. Right. Yeah. This is not a let's lay down and be tender. This is I'm throwing up against the wall because this is what's going to happen. And if that's kind of hot. If I had, yeah, if I just heard the song exactly, I it's can see hot. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in excess, Damn you MTV <laughs> fucker. <laughs> in excess, need you tonight. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, Mike Mechelchen's vocal on that one is very, very uh, seductive. Uh, I like that. And Michael Hutchins was fucking gorgeous. Oh my god, that video! I will tell you every time it came on, I was just like. Cause I'm not sleeping. Yeah, oh, it's a, it's a good one. Something yeah. about you girl. makes me sweat. Oh <laughs> fuck, yeah, that's a hot song. Um, and again, it's it's vocals. The vocals really kill it yeah. for me. But then Michael Hutchins is gorgeous. But then also just the whole feel of the song. Yeah, it's a hot song. Yeah, well, it isn't. It's not like I, I tell a different chick this every day. It sounds more personal. Yes, you know? and uh, that does make it kind that's of you know. Hot. Yeah, yeah. I want to say that on a, like the the sexometer, that's probably like a an eight for me. Gee, I hadn't thought about a sexometer. I won't be applying that to. <laughs> maybe I will to my songs. Who knows? <laughs> and uh, nine inch nails is kind of like a nine on mm. the sexometer. Gee. Yeah, pour some sugar in me is like a one. Mm, yeah, yeah. Wicked game is like a seven. Let's get it on is like a nine and a half. Well, yeah. Kiss You All Over is a ten for me. I'm telling you, that song kills me. Do you think I'm sexy is like a two? Yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah I would. Love to Love You Baby is like a three. Wow. Sexual Healing is like a nine. I Want Your Sex is a ten. So I just thought I'd go back and do that. And then the next one is not going to surprise you. I Touch Myself, The Divinals. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is a hot fucking song it is it is and it's like you know it's the kind of thing you you'd like to be told and for uh, sure yeah you're the one that makes me come running oh 
come on. Uh, and the vocal delivery on that is hot. And of course, the subject matter is hot. But if she wasn't singing it in the way she's singing it, and in the middle of the ooh, oh, yeah. fuck, it's such a hot song. <laughs> on the sexometer, that's like a nine for me. Pretty sexy. And you're going to like this next one. Use Me, Bill Withers. She says, I'm going to like this one because I've actually played on a collaboration of this song, an adaptation of this song. And you may have recommended that a certain band do it. Yes, I did indeed. Yeah, because that... Yeah, it has a, it's a really uh, erotic rhythm to it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I can totally see it. I don't want to sound too much like uh, the uh, chef on uh, South Park here. Yeah, <laughs> love you, baby. But, uh, yeah, it is, it is a very sexy song. So what about, what about your list? That wasn't your it list. It is. No, we're not done yet. Oh, okay. Use me, Bill Withers, to me, I guess, sexometer. I've got to give you my sexometer. Oh, of course, yeah. Sexometer, I'm going to say that's seven on the mm. sexometer. It's a newer song to me. Then there's one more song on the list. Then I have to give the honorable mentions, of course. The last song is Fever. Damn it. Sorry. Go ahead. Peggy Lee, her version, and Michael Bublé's version. Both oh. of those versions are sexy. Hmm. Very sexy. That's so, on my list, but it's not either one of them. It's but probably yes, Madonna. So, yeah. But anyway, so Fever is a very hot song. Oh, totally. Oh, my God. I it's a it. very hot song. I picked it, and I'm Mr. Hot and Mr. Sex, and everybody knows that. So, yeah. Well, sure. Course, yeah. um, uh, I just I do think it's a really hot song. And I thought, well, the, the original version by Peggy Lee... I like how stark it is. There's some something really sexy in how stark it is and how unassuming it is. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. And then to hear Michael Bublé, which, of course, I want to hear a male sing that, of mm-hmm. course. So then I hear him sing it, and Michael even, Bublé Even the is, guy who can't sing like Michael Bublé. Oh, you did not just say that. Well, you think he can sing? Michael Bublé? He, he sings the best standards ever. Yeah, he sings good songs with a shitty voice. Oh, Sorry. God. Okay, we're getting off track here. <laughs> oh, no. Christina's going to... <laughs> Leave the room now. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Sorry. That is most unfortunate. Sorry. That is, again, you like Yoko Ono, but you you don't listen to Michael Bublé. I, 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 I have didn't questions. Say I'd want to hear her sing standards or anything. I don't <laughs> <laughs> want to hear her speak any speak or sing anything. But anyway, that's unfortunate. So that is those are some of the sexy. Oh, sexometer for Fever. Probably an eight for me. I'm sorry I'm not getting your sexometer. I'm looking for it. I'm waiting for you to respond with your sexometer for these songs, and you're just not taking the bait. I don't understand. That would take too much thought. Wow. (laughs) Sorry. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Honorable mentions before we go on to our personal lists. You can leave your hat on, Joe Cocker. Oh, yeah. That, that is kind of a hot one. That's kind of a hot one. a sexy song. For me, that's like a... It's like an eight. Also... Was in nine and a half weeks. This is a super sexy movie. So, oh yeah, I never saw uh, that. Oh, I was thinking, who else did? Somebody else did. You can leave your hat on that. I thought was really, really hot. But yeah, yeah, Joe Cocker original, so, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Joe Cocker's voice too, and his delivery. Yeah. And um, honorable mention, Sledgehammer, Peter Gabriel. Wow, not sexy to me. Yeah, I don't all. get it. I love the song, but well, because it's in about sex. Way. Oh, I never really. I can I be your honeybee. Really, no, I never really thought Let me about around it. your fruit cage. Hmm. Your fruit that is sounds, as sweet as some, can be. That's some Song of Solomon shit right there. You know, that sounds like <laughs> Bible. You know, this appeared on almost every list, and for me, sexy wise, I get like a one. I don't. I don't, yeah, think, it's no, I don't think it's sexy. And either. I love Peter Gabriel, but there's nothing sexy about this song for me. Afternoon delight, Starlin vocal band. 
There's something there. You know, they might have something there. I mean, yeah, okay, I, I can kind of see that. You know, none do shit for me. Something, something about those, you know, those squeaky clean voices saying, "Hey, let's get naked here in the afternoon," and it is kind of hot. I can, I can almost see it. Stay with me on this. Mm-hmm. If Johnny Cash did that song, I'd be in. You know, if Trent Reznor did that song, I'd be in. I just don't know about that. That's squeaky, a funny thought right clean, there. You know, <laughs> weird version. It just doesn't do it for me. I get. I like what it's about. I think it's cute, but it doesn't. I don't know how to say it. it doesn't turn me on. So I think that's I think, like a. I think tools should cover. That's that, like a yeah. zero for <laughs> <Okay>. me. That's <laughs> a zero sexometer. Wow. Okay. Um, and then there's another honorable mention, and I can't help it. Don't Make Me by Ascent is a very sexy song. It is. It, it definitely is. You it's know? about sex. Yeah. That is a hot one. In fact, I well, I, I, I was at work last night and nobody was there. And there's this huge Bluetooth speaker. And I, I totally hijacked it with my phone and blasted <laughs> Ascent's you, uh, Don't Make Me. You know? That's so amazing. <laughs> I might, I I might have it. played a couple of my tunes, too. But you I did, have, I did of play course. Ascent, of course. Yeah. That's awesome. So I had to mention it because I do think it should get an honorable mention. And it just it's a its a hot song. It's a sexy song. It's a hard rocking song. I that, had see, to. I don't write songs about sex because I don't, I don't remember what it's like. So anyway, yeah, go ahead. It's like, you know, Beavis, you know, the Beavis sees his headstone and says, here lies Beavis. He never scored. <laughs> Mine would be like, here lies David. He hasn't scored since the 90s. So. It's been a while. It's been a while. But it's been, been, I think you probably been a decade remember. or so. Yeah, you, but, okay. I think you remember. At least you got some play. Beavis ain't got no play. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So, um, before I go on to talk about my list, I want to start with your list. And I expect Sexometer. All right, Sexometer is going to take some thought. Uh, you, you can do it. You some little smoke coming out of my ears here, but uh, <laughs> I'll try. And it's not that long a list, but um, uh, Fever definitely was on there, but it was Elvis Presley's version. Oh, yes, hot, sir. Hot, 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 And that's one I intend to uh, uh, ply the ladies with at our next karaoke outing, you know. Yes. Because uh, they went totally wild with all my other Elvis numbers. Of so uh, this one, uh, see, how, see how they react to this one. I you might have to. Wait. You might have to physically hold some of them back. You know, I you know I can do that for you if you want. I just there's going to be a don't, fee don't try to too s- hard. You know? oh, okay, well then then you I know mean, put up a token resistance. I'll, you know? I'll be like, oh no, oh don't there you go. do that. No, I'm no. like I don't think you should. Oh, just lay no. like a like a, a pinky on the shoulder and say no, don't go. <laughs> I'll just lay a pinky. I won't say anything. Yeah, there. That'll there. be enough. Yeah, that'll be enough. <laughs> uh, and another one. Uh, there's there's something about uh, when I hear a woman sing about you know I really I either really want you or I dig you or I really something like uh, I'm, I'm falling for you. I find that hot, especially with voices like Joni freaking Mitchell. Uh, Help Me, to me, has always been a very sexy oh. song. Help me, I think I'm falling. Nice. Oh, it's just, that's, a, that's a hot song in my mind. Okay. Help Me by Joni Mitchell. Sexometer? Sex-a-meter? Well, I'll go back with the Elvis Sexometer. I'd give that one a full eight. Okay. And uh, nice. Joni somewhere in the seven range-ish. Right. Uh, wow. Uh, and this one. Oh, this one. Can You Hear Me by David Bowie. This is an amazing track from the absolutely phenomenal Young Americans album that I've been listening to since the middle 70s when I was in school, you know. And it's just a, it's just so the, the the saxophone. This is one he does not play the saxophone on the record. It's I believe it's um uh, Wynton Marsalis or Branford Marsalis, one of those guys. I think you're right. I, one yes. of those dudes. I forget one of the the Marsalis that doesn't just play classical. It would be yeah. There's <laughs> that one that one. just plays classical, and there's the one that plays on shit like uh, Baby Got Back and all that business. Uh, uh, which is I'm sorry, that's a shit song. Uh, so which one is it though? Uh, it's um. Uh, which one's the classical one? I can't remember. I anyway, can't remember. but um, yeah, can they you can hear Google. me? Oh, the, the saxophone work. I mean, David Bowie's a wonderful saxophone player, but the, that on that song is just like, 
Once we were lovers. Oh, the vocal is just, can you? His voice, he sings high and he sings so low. And the, the backup vocalists he has on that entire album are just brilliant. It's just, it's just smooth. Show your love. Oh, it's just the hottest song. I give that voice one a nine. Is so sexy. Well, there's a lot, there's a lot of sexy rhythms oh, yeah. and uh, stuff on that album. I mean, uh, Fascination is a pretty sexy song. Um, uh, fame has an incredibly sexy rhythm to it. But uh, Can You Hear Me? He just totally nails it. I mean, that is the seduction song of all time to me. So I'd give that one a full nine. And oddly enough, I really, I, I find uh, Carly Simon's Nobody Does It Better uh, to be a hot song, you know. It's just like, you know, I wasn't looking, somehow you found me. Oh, her voice is so so deep and, and oh it's just this beautiful beautiful voice and uh that's a that's a pretty hot song to sexy me meter? Uh, sexy meter probably eight okay but like heaven above me the spy who loved me she gyps down like that it's like yeah she's like you are the best you know it's it's, it's a hot thing to be told you know nobody's sure. as good as you are you know yeah uh it's a and it's it has a, it's a marvin hamlish uh wrote the music to that uh, mm. just a fantastic song um, ah, Kate Bush, the sensual world, you know. Uh, she doesn't say sensual, she says sensual, which I find very cool. <laughs> and uh, that one has the hottest rhythms. This is like this, um, uh, this like world music kind of uh, Middle Eastern percussions to it. And, you know, horns and everything. It really sounds like, uh, you know, something from, uh, you know, you hear in Kashmir or something like that. Uh, it's very old, uh, very world music, very... Uh, Really sexy, incredibly sexy song. Uh, I'd give that one a nine or a ten. Uh, oh my goodness! Well, I mean a nine anyway. Wow! But uh, yeah, nice. great song. And I, it's funny thing when I was thinking about this list, I said, "Oh, I haven't heard that one in a while. I got to go listen to it." Why do I remember being so hot? Because it's so hot. That's why. <laughs> that's why. Um, <laughs> and here's one that's just a that's a uh, just a. What, what am I trying to say here? Something. I'm trying to say something. Something great. Here's one that's just a um, just a. I say boy it too much. That's the problem. This one is just a pop rock and roll gem of a song, radio hit, but there's something about the content of it and the delivery of Susanna Hoff's on the bangles in your room. It's about sex big time. It's like, yeah, I love it, you know, and, and all the things we're going to do and all the stuff and everything. There's something, and the, the video is super sexy too. There's not a lot of skin in it, but there's something so, so, just so smoking about the all these uh, these ladies dancing and, Susanna and, uh, Hoffs is stunningly beautiful those eyes are like fuck me eyes She's I, I, amazing and that voice and that voice and you know the 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 harmonies on that one oh, and just yeah. the dancing it is a real it's kind of a retro uh, 60s kind of a, of a, a visual approach they're taking with that that's hot and that is a hot song i'd give that another 9 right there nice. you know and finally I'm surprised nobody thought to put Hearts Magic Man on there. Everybody's favorite statutory rape song, you know. Uh, which I know everybody's like, no, it isn't. But if you think about it, now I just want to say I don't mean it's a rape song. It's just like this is this is a young woman. Okay, her mother calls her my baby. Of course, mothers always call their kid my baby. However. 
I cast my spell of love on you, a woman from a child. Ooh, I mean, she. Uh, but seriously, mm-hmm. she's like sixteen-ish. I'm thinking mm-hmm. that's not a child. I mean, let's no. be real about it. You know, I mean, I don't know if you were always the goody two shoes you are now, but I was. Uh, I was already scoring by the time I was sixteen. Uh, not much since then. But um, so <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it is. I was not always. She's a, a younger woman, and and, now. and of course she's under his spell and everything too. So uh, yeah, it. Uh, that's a. That's a very very hot song. The boom. The rhythm is so pulsing, and the guitars and the synthesizers are just—they—they they just snake in and out like a like a serpent, and they just kind of wrap you up in this erotic vibration. And it is a really super hot song. I can't believe it didn't end up on the list. I think serpent and erotic vibration. Wow, uh, beautiful, well I, said. I don't know where this shit comes from. <laughs> just, just kind of made that up. It's you know? good shit. I it's love it. Spontaneous uh, commentary. It's kind of like spontaneous combustion, only without the fire. So. <laughs> Yeah. Sexometer? Nobody dies. Sexometer, oh, that's probably in the nine, too, I guess. All know, right. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, that is quite a list. A very impressive list of many sexy songs. Thank you. Very nice. Well, most For of my songs... For an old guy, she means, you know. <laughs> Don't put words in my fucking mouth. That is not what I meant at all. <laughs> Fuck. Um, all right. So many of the songs on my list were also on the sexiest songs of all time list. Really? Uh, no Nine kidding. Inch Nails, Closer, In Excess, Need You Tonight, I Touch Myself, The Divinals, I Want Your Sex, George Michael, Sexual Healing, Marvin Gaye. They got all those? Wow, they didn't get I any know. of mine, you know, except Fever. Yes. Wrong version. Criminal by Fiona Apple. Oh, I don't know. I've that one. been a bad, bad girl. Hmm. And she's got that sultry, sexy voice and, and the entire rhythm and the feel of the song. I've been covering this song for like 20 years. It's just such a good song and everybody loves it and everybody knows it. Uh, I've never heard it and I'm aroused too. We're so. going to, yeah, right? <laughs> it's fucking hot. Um, Radioactive by The Firm. Really? Uh, well, you know how I feel about Paul his Rogers, voice. Yeah, yeah. It's all about sex, you know. It, really, it's it's kind of oozes sex, but the way he sings it, oh fuck, it's just beautiful. And then, of course, the all the music you got Jimmy Page on. It's just a sexy tune. And then the last one on my list is "Possession" by Sarah McLaughlin. From her album "Fumbling Toward Ecstasy," so it's there's there's just, a title right there. Yes, yeah. it's it's sexy vocals. It's a sexy song. It's got the sexy beat. Ugh, I just it is really hot song. So, sexometer for Fiona Apple. I'm gonna put it at a nine. Radioactive is. 9.5 and possession is really a nine they're just really hot songs wow so that was a fun topic so yeah. there fumbling towards toward ecstasy yes. that's a good title uh steely dan had one uh countdown to ecstasy but i think fumbling is even hotter you know? it is even and of hotter. course if you've ever seen the, the cover of countdown to ecstasy it's definitely not sexy but i, am. <laughs> <laughs> I don't definitely th- not. i don't think they meant it to be <laughs> Well, that leads us to you restating the top ten theme for this week. Well, that is besides the obligatory... Fuck you. Fuck you. Besides that, I mean, you know. 
Well, besides that, of yeah, course, okay. yes. That, that goes without saying. I'm sorry, but the recalcitrant eight ball still says outlook not so good. Mm, give me that fucking eight ball. <laughs> give it. Smash give it. it to me, yes. Okay, naughty, naughty. Sorry, it's a song cue for me. <laughs> All right, the theme for this show was naughty. And, and thank you, Christina, for finding obscure birds that no one, <laughs> even ornithologists, have never heard of. Um, uh, and uh, naming shows after them and using them in segment to perpetuate the cheesy bird puns that are in Indeed, our bread and butter, our, I'm here our, to our help. staple. Yeah. Yes. Uh, which, of course, Naughty suggesting Naughty, as in case you didn't pick up on that. And any songs about being naughty, breaking the rules, behaving badly, just, you know, the kind of stuff that Christina and I never do, so we can kind of live vicariously through you, you bunch of damn goody two-shoes. <laughs> probably just make this stuff up. You've probably never done any of it, of course. But what yeah, else are we going to come up with the show? You had a song or something? Yes, or something song like number 10. <laughs> this is by a band called Ground Above Zero. The song name is uh, Wicked, which clearly fits in with our theme. They are from Denver, Colorado, post-industrial metal. Now, I would add symphonic to their genres because the female vocals and guitars are decidedly goth and anthemic. This band has the partridge effect as well, with songwriting partners being brother and sister. As the song came to an end, another genre emerged, doom rock. It certainly lives up to its title, Wicked.
Okay, so that was Ground Above Zero with Wicked. You can find them on Facebook at Ground Above Zero. All right, that brings us to feature number one. Hell yes or oh hell no, the results. Going to kick this one up early into the show here. And for this feature, we consider bands and determine if we're in or out. And we ask you to weigh in. And we want to know your opinions. What do you think? And the artist's under question this time was Steely Dan. Steely Dan, American rock and jazz fusion band founded in 1972 by its only core members, Walter Becker and Donald Fagan. So... The listeners have weighed in on Steely Dan's sound, which blends elements of rock, jazz, Latin, R&B, blues, pop, and uh, sophisticated studio production with cryptic and ironic lyrics, which we will talk about. And 96% of the respondents said, hell yes, to Steely Dan. I actually expected a different split in that case. Mm. Three said, hell no, not interested in Steely Dan. And one was neutral. One percent said, well, you know, take him or leave him, Steely Dan. Uh, But uh, obviously they have an enduring popularity since the early 70s. And me personally, I am totally hell yes with Steely Dan. I love Steely Dan. They've been just kind of like a mainstay of our lives as rock and rollers growing up in the 70s to the present. It's also near impossible to think of anything they've ever written from a lyrical standpoint that's conventional in any way. Their lyrics are sometimes weird, creepy, dark, offbeat, cynical, witty, shrewd, and yet often finds itself perfectly at home on Top 40 radio. And so broad is their appeal that the, the only time I have experienced live music in the last six months in this dreadful year of 2020... Uh, Christina and I were at our favorite haunt where we get together to talk about the show and everything, and there was a little jazz ensemble there, and they started playing Steely Dan's Peg. And I danced like no man ever danced before because I was pent up (laughs) all this time, and it was a beautiful thing to hear. But they described themselves as anti-rock and roll, although rock and rollers love them, obviously, 96% of the respondents do. Rolling Stone called them the perfect musical anti-heroes and the songs are usually about something unexpected, like King of the World, which is narrated by a post-nuclear apocalypse survivor. Deacon Blues, I'll learn to work the saxophone, mm-hmm. I'll play just what I feel. Drink scotch whiskey all night long and die behind the wheel. I mean, these are very, very out there. Black Friday, when Black Friday comes, I'll stand down by the door and catch the gray men when they dive from the 14th floor. Uh, when Black Friday comes, I'll collect everything I'm owed. And before my friends find out, I'll be on the road. It's just like, this is, these are survivors. These are people doing anything they want to do, down to dope-slinging Kid Charlemagne, which cannot help remind me of Breaking Bad, especially some of the lyrics. When the music played, you worked by candlelight those San Francisco nights. You were the best in town. Just by chance, you crossed the diamond with the pearl. You turned it on the world. They talk about he comes up with this great drug formula. Of course, Walter White in Breaking Bad was no accident. No. He knew exactly what he was doing. Everyone stopped to stare at your Technicolor motorhome. I mean, if this does not come remind on. you. Come on. This is Walter and Jesse right here. Everybody knows that we were always talking about Breaking Bad on this yes. show. So this is the rise and fall of a California drug dealer told from uh, an outside party. Slightly more uh, innocent side is when Josie comes home, so good. She's the pride of the neighborhood. She's the raw flame, the live wire. She prays like a Roman with her eyes on fire. Steely Dan is just an incredible, absolutely 100% unique act. And their music really just lives forever. And either you get them, which most people do, I think. I am so, so in with this band. And uh, obviously most of the listeners are, what about you, X-Tina? 
from neutral, I don't have any issues with Steely Dan at all. But it was interesting. I thought maybe there'd be more of a split. But oh, I did too. Most people yeah. really love mm-hmm. them, so I thought that was really great. But yes, I fall into the neutral. But I don't have. They're definitely not a hell no for me. They're uh, they're gone now, but um, uh, they, the music endures. The music will definitely definitely endure. And speaking of enduring, song number nine is by an act that's been on the show before. Uh, the wonderful Electric Mind Machine. I went back and listened to this song that they played that we did on the last show, uh, Absinthe, Absinthe Supermoon. Supermoon. Yeah, yes. Absinthe Supermoon. I played that three or four times. It's so damn good. This one is another one. Now, this uh, band, in case you didn't recall, is a psychedelic garage fuzz kind of band from Los Angeles. Definitely with a strong, strong 60s sound uh, from the uh, psychedelic uh, guitars, the organ, no question about it, the harmonies, the uh, the old school harmonies. The vocalists, uh, Sarah Loera, is just wonderful. So, from Electric Mind Machine, this one is called The Torch. <laughs> Oblivion, I've got a 
right, the torch from the fantastic Electric Mind Machine. And dig this review from Uber Rock 2015. They really nailed it here. I wish I could come up with a description like this. Sublime 60s garage pop music at its best. Imagine Deborah Harry in her prime fronting Imperial State Electric going crazy with a Hammond organ on mind-altering drugs. With sublime fuzzed-up guitars all over the shop, it's instant satisfaction guaranteed. This should be all over the radio, and I couldn't agree more. And you can find Electric Mind Machine at Facebook at Electric Mind Machine. So song number eight is by a band called Move By You. Now, I know this band personally. I met Landon, the lead singer, probably a year ago. was very excited to reach out to him and ask him if we could play this particular song called Blood Art. It is a wash and lush reverb with idiosyncratic processed guitar that adds to the song's complex textures. The male vocals are plaintive and somewhat resigned to being torn apart by this calculating temptress. This song is dark but wildly accessible and may bring you to your feet before the femme fatale brings you to your knees. Thank you. 
Okay, and that was Move By You. You can find them on Facebook at Move By You, and that's just the letter U, music. Feature number two is a new one. We have three new features this particular show. Why? Because we want to keep it fresh and interesting for you. For this particular feature, we discuss songs we wish we'd never heard. So, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of those. Uh, I can there's think a of, lot. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go ahead and go on in, and uh, we'll see how many uh, people write to us angry that I dared say something bad about Hootie and the Blowfish and their smash hit. Yes, I admit it was a smash. Hold my hand. Released in 1994, the genre is rock. It peaked at number 10 on the Billboard Hot 100. It was the winner of Best New Artist in a Video at the VMAs in 1990, and they were nominated for Viewer's Choice. So, this song is... None none of that guarantees that it won't suck ass. No, and it does suck ass. (laughs) It is cheesetastic in the worst possible way. (laughs) It is uh, really (laughs) sticky, sweet... And overly accessible and just, I mean, there's <laughs> there's a line that says, I'm such a baby, the dolphins make me cry. This song was so wildly popular, and I don't get it. Now, Darius Rutger, which is the lead singer, went on to do country music. Now, I love his voice. I've got no love for Hootie and the Blowfish. It's right... I guess right up there with We Built This City. So I'm just, I'm out. I wish I had never heard this. I wish they would have sparrowed me this fucking song. David, what do you think? Well, you know, <laughs> I am definitely not a fan of the of the voice of this individual. I, I only knew the one song of theirs. I only want to be with you. Yeah. Only want to be with you. I'm not a fan of that vocal style at all. Yeah. And uh, Darius Rutgery say I didn't uh, I didn't care for that. However, I had never heard this song before today. Oh, by the way, it's worth noting that uh, David Crosby sings backup on this track. Now that might mm-hmm. give it some cred, or they probably just gave him some weed, and he said, "Okay, I'll do it." You okay. Know. Oh man, oh, you gave yeah. I was going to mention the David Crosby thing. Yeah. But it doesn't legitimize the song in any way, necessarily. It's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I expected to dislike it. I had not heard it until today. I had expected to dislike it. I mean, the good Lord, if Christina doesn't like it, it's really got to suck. And I actually rather enjoyed it, surprisingly enough. I I was like, wow, gee, that isn't bad. I was was kind of hoping for, you know... um, something to hate on I thought it would be fun to trash a song and join her because because uh, she uh, obviously there's no secret in a uh, in a feature that's called Sparrow Me there's no secret that the person who nominates the song hates the song that's right uh, it's like I, I'm sure I'll have no shortage of songs that uh, when I, when it's my turn but uh, I actually ended up liking this one so sorry I know yes I don't like Tool but I like this I'd add that to the list all right well again we agree to disagree hold my hand sucks ass and Sorry, Hootie, I ain't got no love. But the good news is you have a new fan in David. So yay no, for I'm not, you. I'm not going to buy any records or anything, but yeah, it's uh, not bad. All right, so that takes us to song number seven, a song I actually like by a band I like, a new band to Birds of a Feather, Black Lesion. Now that is quite a visual. The song is Sin, so obviously this fits our naughty theme. They are from Edinburgh, Scotland. And actually we have two Scots on the countdown today, which is very interesting. They are hard rock and metal. Now this song, Sin's. 
There is resonant baritone vocals, and they tell a dark but hopeful tale of wishing to abolish fear, envy, and lying, which the narrator deems sinful. The instrumental break is unexpected and provides twists and turns that reveal the band's tight interplay. The song ends with the vocalist yielding to the frustration and dismay. Enjoy Sins. Yeah. 
And that was Black Legion. You can find them on Facebook at Black Legion Band. All right, and that brings us to song number six. The second time an artist is making a second appearance and has electric in the name. We do like what? that. Electric Mary. <laughs> we have had Electric Mary, Electric uh, Mind Machine, and this one, Electric Mother from Scotland. Yeah. I'm dead sexy. <laughs> oh, no. Don't. You did a fad bastard. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to feel about that. I'm not going to say this song is crap, you know. Oh, uh, oh no. <laughs> which is what fat bastard would say. Um, no. In fact, it is not crap. It's uh, excellent. Uh, they're a stoner groove heavy metal group out of Scotland, uh, Orkney, Scotland, which I admit I never heard of. It's interesting that they're a band from way over there, but they have the refried boogie sound of Black Oak, Arkansas down pat. I mean, I cannot help but think from the harmonic guitars, from the Mangrum style vocals, they've really got something going on. The swagger, the braggadocio, it's awesome. And you know this individual is not writing checks, his body can't cash because uh, he's a gigolo.
by Gigolo from Electric Mother. And you can find them at Electric Mother Band on Facebook. All right, and before we get to feature number three, an old favorite of ours called History Strikes Back. Love it. We want to mention that today we're recording this on September 21st. You know, the same date mentioned in Earth, Wind, and Fire's September song. Yes. And uh, that's notable, not just because it's in the song, but even more so because it's the day that Christina and I met at the world-famous Doll Hut. Uh, I caught a scent doing the last four or five minutes of one of their tunes. And I uh, said, hey, you know, yeah, I had the same kind of interaction with dozens of bands over right. the years. You know, here, sure. I like your stuff. I do radio, blah, blah, blah. Give me some of your shit if you got any. And, and then somehow we started talking and became the absolute best of friends. If I had said to her, you know what? In a year's time, we're going to be sitting in both studios doing our hit show. And she'd be like, yeah, what is both? Do I need a restraining order or, you know, but happy anniversary. One yes, year. Wow. One year. Oh, my How about gosh. That? Well, and you still like me. That's nice. Yeah, I mean, it might be it's, getting a little thin, but yeah, you know, maybe wearing a little thin. But I you get know, it. You know, sure, of course. Happens, I mean, you know? it's been that's twelve months. That's a I lot mean, of Christina. We're, we're co-stars. We gotta we gotta quarrel a little bit. Of no, course, we don't. No, we don't. of course, of course we don't. We never, not. We've never fought. We we've don't never do fought. not. No, of course not. All right. But so happy happy anniversary. Happy, what happy friend anniversary? Friend anniversary. Yeah, one year. And then in February we get to say it's one year we've been doing a show. That's crazy. That's true. February. Fourteenth, right? Yes, we were Valentine's, yeah, Valentine's Day. Day. So that's easy to remember too. Just well, like- that's not true because February fourteenth, we were at. Britney's Rage show. Oh, no, that's true. We were in Hollywood on February right. 14th. And, but uh, isn't that the first day our show aired? We just weren't That was the day around. it aired. We yeah. just weren't around. We were at party and when the we show were. first aired. <laughs> we were out seeing a band that might appear on the countdown tonight. Who knows? <gasps> what? What? That's and, us. Uh, we were out supporting indie music. We were out supporting indie music and having a good time. And, and people from the Hustler store on the Sunset Strip came up and gave us gift bags. And it was really... Uh, yeah, just, that was, I, that was <laughs> very interesting. Very like, interesting. Well, thank you. It? Back to his... It was a historic day. And speaking of history, back to history strikes back. Nice segue. Thank you, yes. And the random uh, number generator spat out 1968. Ooh. Now, uh, okay, now... We know that we did '67 uh, earlier, yes. the summer of love, the summer of mm-hmm. never mind. I'll, I'll spare the I'll spare the description. Why don't you, Christina? Will <laughs> Christina's a damn? I hippie, will glare at you. <laughs> damn hippie sympathizer will probably edit it out. You know. Oh my! <laughs> but we know that Woodstock was in '69, so we know our lovable long hairs were going to feature into the music scene. For better or worse, uh, mostly for better, of course. Let's talk about the world for a second. 1968, I know none of y'all was around back then. Lyndon Baines Johnson was president. Hmm. And get this, there was a Soviet Union, kids. The USSR, mm. and that means there was the Cold War. Back in the USSR? Back in the USSR, the Cold War, baby. Always wondered, yes, there was a wall between East and West Berlin. There what? was East and West Germany, yes, it was a different world, kids. Different world. And we were always wondering what those Ruskies were up to and everything, and there's a real tension and all that business. There were two terrible events that year also, the assassinations of Martin Luther King and Robert Kennedy. Uh, there was rioting in France. Apparently it's the national pastime. I think it's still going strong today, actually. And get this, there was a pandemic. Police were clashing with protesters. Seriously? Did did I accidentally pull up 2020 instead of uh, 1968 here? Back to the Future? I'm telling you, what's going on here? We have all of that today and none of the good music. We just got a bunch of bullshit in its place, unfortunately, as we shall see. But they had great music back then, at least. Um, Speaking of great music, 1968 was a year a great composer was born. 
Really? Who's that? Bruce Baldwin. Oh, no. Yes. Really? Oh, yes. awesome. Well. Yes, so it was a good year for music. Wow. Well, I was uh, seven, so I remember uh, some of this stuff pretty well. I was, oh. Yeah, you were, yeah, negative numbers, (laughs) babe. Negative it wasn't num- even a concept. Negative numbers. Yeah, nobody even thought, nobody was even dreaming about you. Nope, you know? that's true. Uh, in, uh, you were, uh, yeah. No, it wasn't even a thought. Not, yet, not you, Cookie, not yet. Uh, an interesting night in New York City, Madison Square Garden opened in 1968. The wow. iconic venue, Madison Square Garden. Been there many times. 1968. It's an incredible place to see a show. I've always dreamed of playing there. Oh, uh, well, yeah, you gotta always be, you gotta be big to play there. there. I've still, uh, Good Lord, who did I see there? Uh, David Bowie, Led Zeppelin, Yes, Kiss, uh, Aerosmith, Black Sabbath. Uh, it was it's just an amazing, uh, and probably somebody I'm not even thinking of at the moment. I can't even but, believe you just said all those like in one sentence. Yeah. It's, all that's like dream. Yeah, Madison Square Garden in the 70s, Gosh. that's where all... And sorry, Bruce, that's what you get for being seven years older. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but you've seen so many shows. You've uh, seen so many great shows. All right. What was going on in the motion pictures that year? Funny Girl, number one movie. Funny Girl, oh, Barbara. Such a great movie. It was a great movie. 2001, A Space Odyssey. Boom, 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 boom. Wah, wah. With its uh, Stanley dangerous... Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, with its uh, dangerous uh, killer computer, HAL 9000. Uh, I actually recently uh, named my computer because it's always doing these erratic things, like the screen goes black when we're recording the show and I go into a total panic. True. It's like, what do we do? Is it recording still? Like, I'm checking now because I'm on another screen. Is it recording? Yes, it, uh, is. it is recording. Okay. Um, uh, HAL 9000. I named my computer AL 9000, but it's probably best I don't tell them why. Do you agree? <laughs> <laughs> we'll go into a whole other thing. A whole other thing That's here. Another, another Probably show. best you don't know that, you know. Uh, but uh, Funny Girl, 2001 A Space Odyssey, The Odd Couple, one of those cases where, honestly, oh. the television series cast was better. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. Klugman and uh, Randall were better than Mathau and Lemon, as legendary Fantastic. as they are. Oh, yeah. Oh, Steve McQueen, Bullet. Oh, man, one of the original car chase uh Thriller. I saw the movie a couple years ago. Honestly, there isn't that much to recommend it except for the car chase. But uh, Franco Zeffirelli, Romeo and Juliet, with music mm. from Nino Rota. Hey, he's a nice boy. He's great. a nice boy. <laughs> he's a nice boy. Yeah. Great picture. Uh, he's a great interpreter of Shakespeare, I got to say. And a musical I watched, oh, 20 or 30 times. Oliver, based on Charles Dickens' Oliver Twist. Fantastic musical. Planet of the Apes. Yes, the apes are still with us, too. Some things never change. You're going to be amazed at how much stuff, as always, is still with us. Rosemary's Baby. Yours, Mine, and Ours. The Lion in Winter. The Green Berets. And definitely not a top film, but insignificant to me. Destroy All Monsters. Now, the name might not indicate anything to you. However, this is... You'll know this one because they just essentially remade it a year or so ago. The longevity of the artists and the the products and the movies and everything from the 60s and the 70s is incredible. Even the fucking monsters had it. Destroy All Monsters starred Godzilla! Oh, wow. And Ghidra, the three-headed monster, which is in the latest Godzilla picture. Night of the Living Dead was released in 1968. I made the tremendous mistake of watching it at the age of seven. Trauma. Uh, We're talking trauma, big time. When I was ten, I watched The Exorcist. That's not a good idea. Oh, that's bad, too. That's bad, too. Although the zombie thing is even worse because, you know, they could be anywhere. They could, well, you know, you could have a possessed, possessed person, child man. anywhere. I guess. Just stay away from the kids, you know. <laughs> stay away from the kids, which is always a good idea stay anyway. Kids yeah. and zombies. I get it. 
But up until that time, Living Dead bent vampires. So I thought it was going to be a vampire picture, which I watched all the time. Christopher Lee, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. And I go in, and these these motherfuckers are eating people. And I'm like, wait a second, what is this? (laughs) What's going on here? I was so traumatized. (gasps) And Ice Station Zebra came out, which anyone who watches Better Call Saul has heard of Ice Station Zebra. Yes. And the Beatles, Yellow Submarine, yes, believe it or not, I've never seen it. You seen it? I, I've, I've never seen, seen it. it. I, seen it. I, I have the album, but I never saw it. Blue Media. on the stage. Give me a head with hair, oh. long, beautiful hair. Nice. And, and, and you know, I'm always ragging on hippies, but listen to the lyric of the song. I let it fly in the breeze and get caught in the trees. Give a home for the fleas in my hair. Beautiful. A home for the fleas, a hive for the buzzing bees, a nest for the birds. Thank you for that. There ain't no words for the beauty and the splendor and the wonder of my hair. Mm. Okay, so when I talk about hippies being filthy, flea-bitten, there's some precedent for that. There's some uh, validation for that in the song. Of course, an actual hippie didn't write it, I'm sure. All right, all (laughs) hippies out there, I love you very, very much. I know you don't have fleas anymore. I do not share... The uh, flea discussion being had by my uh, co-host. Your esteemed co-host. Well, yes. now, what about the television? What were people watching on the telly? Mm. 60 Minutes premiered. 60 Minutes, man. What? This shit's been going on for 100 years. I thought it was already going on for 100 yeah, years. Yeah. In the TV and music world, Elvis, 1968 oh, comeback. That brilliant. is everything. Black, leather-clad, swaggering, joking Elvis in a tight, minimalist set of rootsy, rockabilly greatness, showing his guitar chops much more than we'd been used to. And I'm giving me doing what you want. Baby, what do you want me to do? That's another one I should do at karaoke. Yes. <laughs> great, For great sure. show. And uh, interesting year because the Beatles, Mike Love of the Beach Boys, Mia Farrow, Donovan. Remember Donovan? We were I talking do, about him recently. Yes. Went to India <laughs> to visit the Maharishi Maheshi Yogi, mm. which impacted their music until John Lennon figured out that he was a fraud and even wrote about that. Sexy Sadie was originally about uh, the Maharishi. And he was going to call it Maharishi, and George, and George Harrison was like, you can't call it that. <laughs> okay, Sexy Sadie is the next best thing. There you it's, go. It's Why close. It's a, close enough. Uh, American Bandstand was still on. Oh, yes. Uh, Bewitched. Yes, baby. Yes. yes. Uh, Bonanza. Uh, Dark Shadows. Recognize, oh. bitches. Um, uh, Doctor Who. Is Doctor Who ever really going away? No. Doctor no, Who's I been around so. since 1963. General Hospital. Uh, get Smart. Uh, Green Acres. Oh, it was just a just a fantastic dun, time. Dun, dun, dun. I dream of genie. Up. Yep. <laughs> That's right. I dream of genie. Ding, 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 I dream of genie. Classic. Hogan's Heroes. Jeopardy. Well, never. That's still around, of course. Yes. Mission Impossible. Still with us in many different forms. Like they made their two movies in the can yes. that they're working on right now. Spider Man. Spider Man's never going away. Apparently. Star Trek, never gone away, and one of the great shows of all time, The Carol Burnett Show. Oh. Awesome, awesome show. The Flying Nun, Sally Field, gotta love Sally Field. Lawrence Welk Show, one of my all-time faves. Smothers Brothers, Tonight Show was starting Johnny Carson. I mean, this was just an amazing, amazing time. But what about the records, uh, the albums that were released that year? The debut album of Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac actually came out in 1968. Uh, Velvet wow. Underground, White Light, White Heat. Otis Redding, Dock of the Bay. The Bee Gees, horizontal. Love mm, the Bee Gees. Yes. Miles Davis, Ray Charles, mm. Diana Ross and the Supremes what? all had albums that. Joni, Joni Mitchell, mm. uh, Simon and Garfunkel. These are all new. These are put, people are putting out new records in new that day. New records in that uh, day. The Monkees, Tiny Freaking Tim, Sly and the Family Stone, the Amboy Dukes, that's Ted Nugent's group, for those of you who don't know. Johnny Cash uh, did 
the Folsom Prison album, oh. the Folsom Prison live album. Yeah, it's a wonderful record, though, honestly. The Tom Jones Fever Zone. Iron Butterfly. In a garden of Eden, baby, honey. Or baby. Baby. It's baby and then honey. I just it don't is. know the order. Yeah, I don't know which one. And I have that one on vinyl, too. I got to whip it out and I got to whip <laughs> I just say that? I got to whip it and listen to <laughs> you it. You should have said that during the sexy <laughs> Yeah, songs. I know. I I gotta whip this up. Uh, Pink Floyd, Saucer Full of Secrets. Steve Miller Band was actually putting what? that records back then. Randy Newman's debut. Randy wow. Newman. The Band. The Doors put out Waiting for the Sun. There was an album by Tyrannosaurus Rex, which is what T Rex was called That's before right. they were called T Rex. Right. The Jeff Beck Group put out their first album, Truth. Now, Jeff Beck was known at that time as a session player and the, the ex guitar player of the uh, Yardbirds. Yes. But who was in the Jeff Beck Group? Well, the bass player was a cat named Ronnie Wood, who's mm. currently a Rolling Stone. He was the <laughs> yes. bass player. Who's the vocalist? Oh, what was that guy's name again? Rod Stewart, I oh, think it was. Guy, yes. Rod Stewart, yeah. Deep Purple put out their debut album, Shades of Deep Purple. It's an incredible year. Ike and Tina Turner. Yes, Ike and Tina. Uh, Cream, Wheels of Fire, Big Brother and the Holding Company, Cheap Thrills. That's Janis Joplin, lead vocals. Fifth Dimension. Love the Fifth Dimension. Putting that stuff. The Miracles. Smokey, baby. Oh, Smokey. Marvin Gaye, of course. Oh. Uh, James Brown. I mean, there's just no... Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell also, separately. There's just no stopping 1968. It was just incredible. And um, uh, Otis Redding put out a live album. The Jimi Hendrix Experience. Electric Ladyland. And, of course, as we mentioned earlier, the Beatles' White Album. Yes. The Beggar's Bank with the Rolling Stones. Most important of all... The debut album by the Archies. I mean, come on, the Archies. Not the one with Sugar Sugar on it, the one before that. Uh-oh, time to get the egg. <laughs> the Beatles. Na, 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 Hey, Jude. That's right. That's actually what happens. That's actually yes. what that's actually, that's what, actually he does. what happens. Yes. Uh, and I wonder if it ripped up his throat as bad as it did mine. <laughs> it might. Yeah. But might you know, happen. it's for the show. It's for the <laughs> show. We got to. And sacrifice. Uh, y- y- I wonder if you know this one. This is always interesting because we got you know a youthful person here, and I'm doing these old songs, but she pr- might know them anyway. I mean, there there are records and all. Yes. So. True. Um, Mary Hopkins. Those were the days, my friend. Oh. We thought they'd never end. We'd sing and dance forever and a day. It's one of All those. Right, so I kind of know it. You kind of know it. It's one of those songs. It's like, well, we used to be young and idealistic. Now we're just old and lonely and bitter. Yeah, oh, great shit. song, wonderful song. Perfect. Yeah. The song that every basement band ever in the in the history of the universe has played, at least since 1968. Of course, they weren't playing it before that. Rolling Stones, Jumpin' Jack Flash, well, it's all right now. In fact, it's a guess. You don't know that? Yes. It's all <laughs> right. Jumpin', Jumpin' Jack Flash, it's a guess, guess, guess. Oh, yeah. Always the first, the first song I ever played, first song anybody ever played. Uh, so including, great. I mean, the Rolling Stones probably played it first, too. <laughs> they probably did. Uh, Tom Jones, Delilah. I don't know if you know that one. I it's, do. Why, 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 Delilah? Why did you make me kill you, Delilah? Yeah, it's a ter- <laughs> terrible song. That is a huge karaoke song. When I rang karaoke, really? every single karaoke karaoke night every uh, single one was delilah tom the voice man beatles again lady madonna which verse are we going to sing i don't know but anyway yeah. everybody would know the song <laughs> everybody does yeah. i love that song uh sitting on the dock of the bay i'll be sitting till the evening comes or something like that something like that 
Louis Armstrong, what a wonderful world. Oh, oh yeah, I great. can't do that one. Um, you probably don't know Bobby Goldsboro, but he was a big teen heartthrob back then, honey. Uh, Marvin Gaye, I heard it through the grave. Heard it through the grapevine. Not much longer would you be mine. Later, later covered meaningfully by uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Um, oh. but, but in that one, they hoid it through the grapevine. They hoid it. Yeah, yes. yeah that's right. <laughs> <laughs> hoid it through. That's right. John Fogarty doesn't hear things. He, no, he, he hoids hoid them. Yeah. yeah, it's very different. Uh, and Man for Man's Earth Band, who's been always a great interpreter of Bob Dylan tunes, including this one, the mighty Quinn, Quinn the Eskimo. Come on without, come on within. No, you'll not see nothing like the mighty Quinn. Oh, classic, classic, classic. No okay. Idea. I thought you were going to, you know, blinded by the light, revved up like a dude. Well, same group. Yeah, same I group. I love that. They, they, that they also rescue Bruce Springsteen songs, too. They do. Excellent. It's good. <laughs> they should rescue them. Somebody and, should. Uh, somebody should. Uh-oh, Simon and Garfunk. And here's to you, Mrs. Mrs. Robinson. Robinson. Jesus loves you more than you will know. Uh-oh, Steppenwolf. Get your motor running. Get on the highway. Yes, that's absolutely. One. That's a classic. Are you so proud of me right now? I, I am. So I mean, so proud of you that right I'm not now. that I'm not leaving you behind. I just yes, love that. Thank you. Okay. How about um, this one? I don't know the lyrics to, but everyone knows the song. It was later covered by Billy Idol, Tommy James and the Shondells. Money, money. Oh yeah. Something, 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 something. Money, money. Great song. Great song. Yes. Uh oh, Joe Cocker. We talked about this one before Ooh. with a little help from my friends. There's no singing that one. What would you do if I sang out of tune? I mean, yeah, there's no, there's no trying to there's cover no, that one. There's no trying, yeah. No trying. And we got uh, the Bee Gees. I was dismayed to find out you didn't know this one. I've just got to get a message to you. Oh, you got to hear that one. i got to make you a Bee Gees playlist. You say you want a revolution. Well, you know. Yes, yes. And of course, my number one song, as you've, you've uh, we've discussed on the show before, "Cream White Room." Yeah, 1968. Because they put a white room with black curtains at the station. Started behind the pitch on that one, and also "Sunshine of Your Love." I forget what classic it bumped off the number one spot, but uh, Diana Ross and the Supremes, "Love Child." Oh yeah, never meant to be. Love Child. Uh, yes. uh oh, Doors. Hello. I love you, won't you tell me your name? Classics, man, classics. Uh, they, they, I honored them with my intro this time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right? That's, you know, that's not as easy as it seems. No, no, no. It's very no. tough to tell a story with just titles. That was so well done. It oh, really thank was. You. Yeah. Thank you so much. Jimi Hendrix experience uh, all along the Watchtower. <gasps> we talked about that one. Uh, uh, no, we going to be coming up. We, uh, we will talk about that one. Sorry. Uh, no, we did. Uh, <laughs> you will. presciently Pre- Very prescient. Uh, it would have been, as I, I meant to say, it would have been prescient for me to a year ago to say that we would be doing this today. Correct. But uh, I'm not prescient all the time, just not sometimes. All the, sometimes. You know, not all the time. It's true. Yeah. Carthur Park is melting in the dark. The Richard Harris version, not the Donna Summer version. (laughs) All the sweet green icing flowing down. You see, you lack empathy. If you've ever left a cake out in the rain, you would understand. I've heard this before, and yet I have not tried to leave a cake in the rain. You know what we'll do? Sometime when I come over to do the show, we'll bake a cake, and we will. If there's no rain, we will manufacture rain, and I will weep. 
There you go. There you go. You see, now you can you can also you can share the pain. Exactly. Correct. Here's one that I believe was made into a movie, and I think it starred Barbara Eden of I Dream a Genie fame later on. Harper Valley PTA. Oh, Remember that one? Yes. The day my mama sucked it to the Harper Valley, Valley PTA. All in one year. Can you believe it, I folks? I cannot how, believe that. How we survived the onslaught, I'll never know. <laughs> Steppenwolf. You don't know what we can find. Why don't you come with me, little girl, on a magic carpet ride? I was going to cry if you didn't know that one. Magic carpet. I know. The, the, the build-up. The part you know. about this whole thing is how excited you get when I know it and the pain in your eyes it's when like, I no. don't. Yes. It's like I just... It's like I'm reaching out to a drowning you, person. You are. <laughs> You're like, how did this happen? How did this happen? <laughs> Who did this to you? <laughs> Who hurt you, Christina? Who hurt who, who you? Who kept you in a closet and kept you from hearing this song? You know? Oh, my gosh. Uh-oh. Sly and the Family Stone. Dance to the music. Oh, you're on a roll with this one. Hey. Oh, hey. Well, oh, what I do we know. got here? Hold on a second. Uh, I know, right? Um, oh. So impressive. So impressive. Stevie Wonder. For once in my life, I got someone who needs me. Which verse are we doing? I don't know. <laughs> but we know the song. I love and this song. And so and so and so and so. Beautiful, I was beautiful. Like, Whoops, wrong thing. Yeah. Uh, and the song that actually inspired me, uh, this is a dark day in history, to become a musician was uh, the Rolling Stones' Street Fighting Man from Beggar's Banquet. That was I heard that on the radio wow. one day and it was like, I have to oh, do wow. that. Oh, wow. Yeah, yes. I have to do That's what I have to do. Well, oh, what can a poor boy do? Oh, that's right. You don't know that one. That's this episode of History Strikes Back. All right, then, if it's got to be that way, song number five from a band that we know that we've had on before and that we've seen live, on Britney's the 14th, we Rage. we just talked about it. Yeah, the day our first show was premiering, as those of you with uh, attention spans remember, we talked about a few <laughs> minutes ago, we were out watching Britney's Rage at the Whiskey Go-Go in Hollywood. And uh, this is where I first saw them. And how I came across this incredible group, was there, there's an open band jam at the Rainbow Bar and Grill on Wednesday nights, and I was going to go. Uh, those were my nights off at the time. I was going to go, and Instagram, uh, the Rainbow's Instagram feed, happened to talk about this band that was coming up on Thursday. And I thought, ooh, I'll take the originals first. So um, I went and uh, checked out their Facebook, uh, sorry, their Reverb Nation page, and heard all their incredible songs. And I thought, damn, this group is fantastic. Uh, consisting uh, primarily of the nucleus of Brittany Rochelle on vocals, one of my absolute favorite female vocalists I've discovered in the last few years, and Tony Muela on guitar. And together they're downright beastly and beautiful. And they do a lot of covers. They did a lot of covers at the Rainbow. But uh, they're all... They are badass. They are badass. They really are. They perform the fuck out of this song. They They do. The songs they cover and their originals are brilliant. And uh, I uh, went to see them once, went to see them twice. Uh, it was funny. I was out in the parking lot, and I'd, I'd never met them before. And uh, I hear this voice yell out of the van, Hey, David. I'm like, what? Who's that? It was Tony. It was Tony. He recognized me uh, from a, a little thumbnail on Facebook, probably because I was wearing the same bizarre novelty glasses. That might have been a tip-off, too. That helps. Too. That helps. And uh, so I went to the band, and I dragged poor Jill, Kill Jill, our karaoke partner out there, to see him another night. Because they did some stuff she likes, and, <laughs> and she had to listen to a lot of hard rock, but it was good for her, I think. You know, it's a learning experience. And uh, then Christine and I went to see them uh, at a, a much better venue, the Whiskey A Go Go on stage, and they were freaking unleashed. They, they were really absolutely were. incredible. And this is the first one I heard on the Reverb Nation page, and it's going to grab you. And 
Is it naughty? Well, it's about living on the wild side.
right, and that's Wild Side. That's one word, folks, by Britney's Rage. And they have a lot of great stuff you got to hear. They're, they're a favorite of ours. And hopefully one day they will be playing gigs with Ascent, and we can enjoy them both together. That's the plan. That's the plan, and that's what we've talked about. You can find them on Facebook and Reverb Nation at Britney's Rage, E-L-P-T-X. Feature number four is Trivial Trills. For this new feature, I will name a musical artist or band and see what, if any, tasty trivia tidbits the professor can share. Right, and in the spirit of winging it, this is one for which there is no preparation. I don't know who she's going to bring up, so I can't fact check myself and and so that means i'm probably going to uh, utter a bunch of things that are demonstrably false that uh, just stuff i heard somewhere through the grapevine and uh, that i'll repeat to you and uh, so don't take any of this seriously and don't repeat this to anyone but uh, this is just to see off the top of my head if i can uh, and i don't find out about this until she walks in and hands me that show ready format so who is it today cookie well it is iggy pop oh yeah So what tasty tidbits, if any, can you share? And be assured that I have many, many tasty tidbits myself. Should you uh, not have any or should you run short? Oh, I will totally be lacking because I don't know that much. Uh, I know that uh, Stooges started in 1969 and uh, I've been Iggy and sometimes with the Stooges has been recording ever since then. Collaborated many times with David Bowie on uh, on writing songs and uh, musical productions and things of that nature. And let me think. Okay, uh, I'll just hum while I think. Uh, I'll try to do uh, fill up some the air. With I will some noise. give you a tasty tidbit, and then you can maybe riff off of that. So he started in music as a drummer. A drummer. Yeah, I wanted to mention that. Damn it! I just <laughs> <laughs> wanted to say that in several bands, including. The Iguanas. The igu- Oh, the Iguanas. Yes, <laughs> nice. exactly. He does some motion picture roles. I, I can't remember any of his filmography offhand, except for I just encountered him in the most god-awful piece of shit movie I've ever seen in my Great. life, Okay, which was called The Dead Don't Die. Mm. Uh, and he plays a zombie. He has a, a couple of cameos as a coffee-crazed zombie who, well, who, who craves human flesh and coffee with uh, equal ardor. And uh, that's pretty much his only line is coffee and munching on people and he looks absolutely frigging hideous in it but uh just kind of a novelty cameo just so they can boost up this horrendous film with a with a cast which starred bill murray which means it should have been good but it wasn't and uh, not even he can carry a horrible script no no it 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 was just terrible david bowie and iggy pop met at a new york nightclub in max's kansas city in 1971 so i don't know if you know that nightclub but it's called max's kansas city I've heard of it, of course. It's been mentioned in a number of songs, and it's, it's just a, it's a, a famous place. I thought Max's Kansas City was actually in Kansas City. One of the two Kansas cities, but it's in New York? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, because that I did not, believe it or not, as a native New Yorker, I did not know that. And I was going to say. I mean, and I, I only, but I only, but I've been away from there for a long time. I only just found out that CBGB's was closed. I oh, had no idea. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. I mean, it's like, imagine the whiskey closing. I mean, it's terrible. Yeah, I did not know that. It seemed like that, something like that. I mean, certainly we could route some uh, tax dollars to keep that thing going, even if it runs at a loss. I mean, it's it's a a legendary place. I did not know that. Uh, Feed me something else, and maybe it'll trigger a distant memory. I just know I'm a fan, and I love the guy, but... Well, did you know... Well, do you know? I know you know that they did it, but what are the three songs that Bowie and Iggy Pop wrote together? 
Um, I thought there were many more songs than that, however, and, and David Bowie later... There were rec- Bowie songs, let me say that. Let me be specific. The three Bowie songs. Huh. Uh, just Bowie songs? Mm-hmm. Huh. I, I know they collaborated on songs which later became hits for Bowie, like China Girl. Yes, And good. Tonight. Yes. And uh, give me a second. I know the You're other one. You're doing um, great. Uh, uh, give me uh, initials. Give me anything. S.M. Ooh, why why don't I know this? I'm gonna go doe, I'm gonna be Homer Simpson. Midnight. Oh. Calling sister midnight. There you go. Yeah. I I love I remember a quote from Iggy once that I thought was really cool. When uh, when doing that I believe was doing that song, uh, he said uh, Bowie suggested he sing it an octave lower and he said, Yeah, I like it. I sound like a real man. (laughs) Oh god. (laughs) But uh, yeah, call it Sister Midnight. Uh, yeah, and uh, China Girl, of course. Uh, Bowie took him. What Bowie did with them was was totally different, but I've heard both versions of each, and and they're great songs they did together. Uh, He's done collabs with, um, well, with Deborah Harry, and uh, he's been a long-time friend of Deborah Harry. Um, On the Brick by Brick album, Kate Pearson of the B-52s appears singing Candy. Well done. Yeah. Uh, they're they're really lovely together. Of course, that that one has a lot of guest musicians like Slash and a lot of uh, you know guest guitarists and stuff. Uh, Brick by Brick is one of my favorite records. I well love that played. One. Well, let me see. Uh, Do you know how he got his name? No, I know his name is James Osterberg, and he might be the Jim referred to in Lou Reed's album Berlin. Oh, Jim. Uh, I'm thinking because there were the there were the Berlin Berlin boys over there. But uh, how he got the name Iggy Pop? How uh, he got the name Pop? Oh, Pop. Um, yes. You know, I just read a little mini bio of him in the uh, Iggy Anthology. I got a, a fantastic Iggy Anthology called A Million in Prizes. And I read the liner notes, and I think he said so, but I forget. What is it? He got the name Pop because he shaved his eyebrows for a show, and he looked like someone that had also was browless at the time and had the last name of Pop. Really? So they called him Iggy Pop. Wow. Do you know? Why Iggy? So, so he started as a drummer, as we talked about, um, in, in lots of bands, including mm-hmm. the Iguanas. Later, he was in a local blue-style band, the Prime Movers, where the bandmates gave him a cool name, Iggy Stooge. Ah, ah. So his bandmates give him the name, and then he got pop from that second story. I remember hearing uh, him referred to as Iggy Stooge, and I thought it was a mistake because he was Iggy from the Stooges. I thought when someone said Iggy Stooge, I thought, well, they're just mashing it up together. His name is Iggy Pop, but I didn't ever know he was known as Iggy Stooge. I prefer Iggy Pop, actually. It just has a certain pop to it, you know. Um, it does. It does. I mean, Stooge is a good one. But yes. Of course, it's a great name for a band. Most of his recordings were done without... The Stooges, and I just love that. I mean, he's, I don't know, uh, not that they were uh, confining or their sound was limited in any way, really, but I just love the other stuff he did later on, which some fans are just not that keen on. It's true. Like, uh, Lewis is like really, really, really into the Stooges, but mm-hmm. not so much the later stuff. I, I love it all. I think, yeah. uh, I think he's done some incredible work. And uh, the reunited Stooges up until a few years ago, they got back together and did an album together. So, um, hmm, trivia. Gee, I probably would come up with more on other artists, but let's see what else we got on Iggy. Well, Iggy was invited to replace Jim Morrison, and he declined when Jim Morrison died. Really? 
Yes. That is uh, that is fan- uh, fantastic a bit of trivia. I had no idea, and I think he would have uh, done fine. I think he has the voice for it. I mean, he can yell, he can yeah, and he can also croon when he wants to. So I think he would have been a good replacement. Now, the guy Ian Astbury, the guy the door from the uh, cult that the Doors got, what are they called the twentieth century Doors or something like twenty first century Doors or whatever they called themselves, uh, the surviving member of the Doors, he has a good voice for that too. Yes. I think they were they were pretty good together. They could be so good together uh, (laughs) Iggy would that would have been something I had never heard that bit of uh, trivia before now there are these could have been in a band things uh, that we hear about all the time like you know Tony Iommi and Jethro Tull etc but I had really no idea about Iggy and the Doors that's fascinating yes well and he was a huge Morrison fan Mm. I mean and he really um, I think really took some of his cues from Morrison so I guess when he died, I mean, it made sense not only, like you said, with the voice, but again, being a huge fan and somebody that, you know, really took some of his cues from Jim Morrison's stage presence. So, um, also, he is considered the godfather of the stage dive uh, because he pioneered the move when playing with the Stooges at the Grand Ballroom in Detroit. Yeah, there's a lot of audience confrontation. I've yes. had, uh, well, I recently bought Raw Power. It came with a bonus uh, disc of a, of a live show. And uh, I used to have the, uh, the Stooges album, uh, well, the uh, Metallic KO. And there's a lot of audience baiting, you know, stuff going back and forth. It's, uh, it's interesting. So, so, yeah, stage diving, I can totally see that. Well, he did things that I don't think should be celebrated, but he's certainly known for, you know, uh, you know cutting himself cutting on stage. Himself, yeah. You know, but I mean, uh, I. I can overlook stuff like that when you've got the when you've got the the talent and you're not compensating for lack of talent. You're just doing it's like okay, I'd, I'd prefer you not do that. Marilyn Manson did the same thing. Stick yeah, yeah. On stage. And uh, Gigi Allen, who I always dismissed. I never really heard Gigi Allen. I always dismissed him as just some you know shock provocateur doing obnoxious things and dangerous things because he didn't have any talent. And then uh, Lewis turned me on to a bunch of his music, and actually he was, he was actually good. He might have been a lunatic, but he was actually good. Uh, and Iggy is so intelligent. I love to read what he says, you know, his his interviews and everything, because he is so, he's such a, I mean, you think of you know, punk and this guy on stage, you know, and scraping himself with a burnt drumstick and jumping in the audience and everything. He sounds like some wild animal. He's he's so bright and he's so witty and so talented. I just, I just love the guy. Uh, what else can we learn about him? We've had some interesting tidbits I was not aware of. Well, did you know that he ad-libs most of his lyrics and Bowie was so impressed by the expediency of his improvisational lyrics that he also ad-libbed most of his lyrics on the Heroes album. Really? Because the Heroes album has some really out there lyrics. Yes. Uh, you know, and I love it. Uh, he's, I did not know that he was making them up like that as he went along pretty much. Yeah, just because of the influence of Iggy, thought he was so brilliant wow. and loved how quick it was. And the uh, drum sound on Lust for Life has been adapted countless times, but most notably on... Uh-oh. Give me a hint. Give me a hint. Uh, Jet? Are you gonna be my girl? Dun, 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 dun. Oh, 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 yes. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the beat borrows from the beat from Lust for Life borrows from Can't Hurry Love and I'm Ready for Love. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. It really is very similar. But that 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 rhythm has probably been used. That particular you know emphasis has probably been used a number of times. Boom. I mean, how many how many classic rock songs? Boom, 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 
boom, but the old Phil Spector oh, wall of sound yes. thing. I mean, uh, uh, say goodbye to Hollywood. Billy Joel did it. The I mean, it's been used. We a, met on exactly. It's been used a million times, and there's nothing wrong with that. Of course, Lust for Life is great. What really makes it his own is, of course, is the vocal, the lyric. Of course. You know, that's um, such a great song. It's such a great song. Yeah. And the passenger, the song, the ah. passenger. Pays homage to Jim Morrison and carpooling. It is loosely based on a poem from Morrison's collection called The Lord's Notes on Visions and Iggy's Riding Shotgun in Bowie's Car. They're very good friends. So that's what The Passenger is about. Which is very interesting. It's a real sway. It is a kind of a croony kind of a thing, like yes. Morrison. Yeah, it's a great one. So you talked about collabs. The last bit of trivia I have on him is his collabs. Yes, you mentioned Debbie Harry, Alice Cooper, David Bowie, Simple Minds, Kate Pearson, Slash, Green Day, New Order, Josh, Josh Home from Queens of the Stone Age, and more. Um, Alice Cooper, I did not know, and I should know that. I mean, you should. Now sh- you're going to have to go look that up. Alice Cooper and Iggy, that's a new one on me. Yeah. No, I did not know that. Wow. So that was our first time ever doing Trivial Trills, and I think you did great, and I think I had some good stuff um, on backup. Yeah, you better you better segment. come you better come packing some backup because you might I might strike out on some of these. Oh, I, I'm going to come pack. I have you a did tendency. Great, I have a tendency to know trivia, but it just depends about whom. Uh, hey, you knew some tasty tidbits. You really did. Well, yeah, yeah. most thank impressive. You, thank you. Most impressive. I did not stump the professor. So mm, well, we'll was, see if uh, I can in the future. Uh, you, you're not going to stop me entirely on anyone you would think to ask me oh about. My. But I, I might oh, no, no, not that. entirely. I mean, I might know one little thing or two, but that's about it. All right. Uh, well, I all. think you knew a lot. So. All right. Well, song number four. Well, this is a band second time on the show. A favorite of mine. Can't say I've seen them because they're in like Michigan and stuff. Uh, but a great uh, pop punk band called Sugar Punk Fairies. The bass player of Sugar Punk Fairies, as I know that mentioned last time, was Holly Nicole, who was the drummer of Jaggedy Ann, one of my favorite indie bands I saw down in Las Vegas. Now back home in Michigan, she's hooked up with Stacy on drums, Robin on guitar, excellent guitar player, and one of the greatest female vocalists I've discovered in many, many years, along with Brittany, uh, Emily Fox. Absolutely killer vocals. She just actually gives you goosebumps when she sings, and this band uh, started out doing covers live, and they were really good at them. And I, their choice of songs was absolutely incredible. They would do like a punked-up version of Cat Stevens' Wild World. They started recording originals, and they were brilliant. Kicking off with an absolutely slam-bang song called Dating Down, which is the one we played before, and we've played it on Butterflies. It's just a, it's just a smash. Then recently, they had a one-two punch. They came up with two new originals, The Wolf and the song we're going to hear right now, which is called Sonic Inflammation, subtitled The Muff Song. Sugar Punk Fairies.
Tension fills the air. Now listen, if you're down below, you're down to clown. Toes are curling, power's gaining. One more notch and... The slightly risque Sonic Inflammation, subtitled The Muff Song by the incredible Sugarpunk Fairies. Now, here's the best part. If you go to sugarpunkfairies.com, you can get this song, their other heavy-ass original, The Wolf and the Delightful Dating Down, and three covers. And it falls to me, a mere beast of burden, to do the next feature, feature number five, Strange Nest Fellows. And this feature, we discuss strange collaboration, unlikely duets, things of that nature. And who's involved with this one? Run DMC and Aerosmith. Yes, uh, some of you remember this. And the song, Walk This Way. There's an interesting story behind this one. In in 1986, now Walk This Way goes back to 75, you know. In 1986, the hip-hop group Run DMC covered Walk This Way with Steven Tyler and Joe Perry on vocals and guitars. Uh, Legendary producer Rick Rubin. Now, we all know Rick Rubin. Um, Johnny Cash, the American recordings. I mean, he's done, who was it, Danzig? I mean, he's done a million, uh, he produces everything. He's legend. Rick Rubin was producing their album, the Run DMC album, Raising Hell, and he pulled out Toys in the Attic. At shows, Run DMC had freestyled over the first few seconds of the song on a loop, not even knowing what the song sounded like or having ever heard the lyrics. In fact, Joseph Simmons and Daryl McDaniels had no idea who Aerosmith even were at the time. Rubin suggested remaking the song. Neither of them liked the idea at all, but Jam Master Jay, he was open to it. So they didn't want the record to be released as a single, even after recording it with Tyler and Perry, and were shocked when it was played on both urban and rock radio stations. Now, this was a really pivotal moment, a fusion of the rock and rap worlds. The rather fledgling rap was kind of new at the time. They started working together uh, more and more uh, as this song became a big hit. And, of course, it's gotten pretty frustrating that every damn song in the world has a rap break in it, and even country, for heaven's (laughs) sakes. Talk about the worst of the worst together. But this is a great single. And uh, was it a success? Well, let's find out. Uh, Ruben says, I never thought Walk This Way would be a single, first of all. Uh, not that I didn't like it, but I didn't think in those terms. Uh, DMC called it a beautiful thing in a trailer for the game Guitar Hero. Was it a hit? This version of Walk This Way charted higher on the Billboard Hot 100 than the original, peaking at number four. That's a hit, folks. It was also one of the first big hip-hop singles in the UK, peaking at number eight. So they it worked 
in Gangbusters, it's strange because up until that time we weren't seeing rock and rap no. artists working together. We do see more and more of this today. We have Anthrax recording with Ice-T, but then again, Ice-T's not just a rapper. He's also a heavy metaler, too. But uh, this marked a major comeback for Aerosmith, interestingly, as they had been largely out of mainstream pop culture for several years. Um, there were a couple of members out of the band. Steven Tyler was in uh, rehab, battling addiction. They followed this Walk This Way hit with multi-platinum albums and top 40 hits. So it actually got them back on top where they remain to this day. In 2008, Walk This Way was ranked number four on VH1's Greatest Songs of Hip Hop, and it currently ranks as the 110th greatest song of all time by acclaimed music. Now, anybody who's been around long enough remembers the video. The music video, the 1986 video for Walk This Way, symbolically places a rock band and run DMC in a musical duel in neighboring studios before Steven Tyler literally breaks through the wall that separates them. So, so symbolic. You know? So symbolic. But that's what, what MTV did that, though. With MTV, as much as it's turned into just a crap storm, it, it introduced uh, urban music fans into suburban rock fans, and everybody was watching and listening to everybody else's music and i think it's it's a better world for that everybody there was a you know some of the music that resulted from it wasn't the best necessarily but a lot of it was great and people's musical tastes uh, expanded and became more eclectic and i think that's always a good thing mm-hmm. and um, the video segues to the band's joint performance on stage the highly popular result was the first hip-hop hybrid video played in heavy rotation on MTV and is regarded as a classic. And it is a classic. And I remember some rock fans were like, oh, Aerosmith sold out doing, doing this record with those dumb... It's like, if you don't like that one, that doesn't change who Aerosmith is. No. But if you don't like the song, okay, that's fine. I get that. I mean, there have been some collabs people have done that I really didn't care for. However... This song was it, and I'm sure a lot of Aerosmith fans discovered that they actually liked Run DMC and vice versa. And how can that be bad? I love uh, Run The DMC. chorus of Run DMC's cover contains a pitch alteration that Aerosmith adopted in most future live performances. In uh, collaborations, the, fut- the other singer often says, talk this way, every alternate line of the chorus. This rap-style delivery may explain why the song worked so well as a hip-hop song when it was covered 11 years after the, you know, the original uh, 1975 Aerosmith uh, release. And, I mean, if you think about it, it's kind of a spoken song anyway. I mean, Steven Tyler is, uh, has a lot of uh, rhythm and, and continues to do sort of funk-based things. Like They've staccato. It's, staccato. Yeah, I like it a lot. They've covered uh, James Brown in concert, Mother Popcorn. Uh, there was that, that funked-up uh, Last Child from the next album, Rocks. I mean, so this is nothing new for Aerosmith, but taking it this far was really a breakthrough for both of them. And uh, the success, these types of collaborations haven't always worked very well, but this one was a huge hit, and I think uh, made a significant impact on the music scene, I think. Agreed. Yeah. The thing that's interesting is either it, like you were saying, it brought Aerosmith to hip-hop fans, or it brought hip-hop fans to Aerosmith, (laughs) you know, so it was really, really cool what it did. And I remember thinking at the time, I thought, this is really, really cool. But I was into Run DMC. I was into rap. Um, at the time, I still I still like some high-quality rap. But I was very into Run DMC. And I thought, this was really fucking cool. And I liked it. And it did feel like it broke down some walls. And it did feel like it united people more. Um, of course, like you said, it has yielded some uh, unfortunate collaborations. This is certainly uh, some strange nest fellows that I think... Uh, was just a very very good choice and the timing couldn't have been better i have to i have to agree i mean if you don't like this particular one there have been i mean now we have uh well 
we have people like Kid Rock doing hard rock and rap, and then we have, unfortunately, crap like Linkin Park. But, you know, uh, <laughs> there it goes. I wish you could see Christina's face every time I say these things. Just, I love just calling Linkin it Park. As, Do you really? I love Linkin Park. Oh, my goodness. All right, so that was a historic moment there. If we ever get around to 1986, um, that's bound to come up again on History Strikes Back. That was one of the uh, key musical events of that year, and it really was uh, significant, I think. But... Damn it, it's about time you did a song, don't you think? <laughs> yes, song number three is by a band called Never Friend. And this song is called Naughty in the Dark, clearly uh, perfect for our theme. Yeah, they, they totally are, nailed it on this one. They did, right? <laughs> and they are I think they from, wrote the song when they saw the promo. <laughs> well, perhaps. Perhaps <laughs> they did. They're from Canada. They are alternative rock. Now... The female vocalist is certainly channeling Gwen Stefani with her playful, teasing, and alluring delivery. There is a brief interlude where she beckons and literally moans for someone to take a ride with her so she can show them what she's got. There's a clever punk alt-rock vibe to this song that is upbeat, inviting, and may just inspire the naughty in us all.
That was Naughty in the Dark. You can find Never Friend on Facebook at Never, N-E-V-E-R, Friend. What do you expect? They're Canadians. Yeah. God. <laughs> don't anybody get don't anybody get your feathers ruffled? Okay, that's a South Park line. Okay, yeah, South Park, very funny. Yes. All right, and that leads us to the last feature of this particular show. Feature number six. I'll do it better than Emu. So for this feature, we discuss covers of songs that either rival or are better than the original. Now. This is one that neither David nor I have shared our feelings about. We merely grabbed it, put it here, and uh, we're going to talk about it now. So the song is All Along the Watchtower. The original artist is Bob Dylan. It was covered by Jimi Hendrix. So the question is, did Jimi Hendrix do it better than Emu? Yes, note the question mark, uh, the inflection when she said, I'll do it better than Emu, which we used to say it definitively. In this yes. case, now we're leaving it open because maybe they didn't. So right. far, we pretty much have, uh, at least the person who presented the song thought so. But this time, it's completely up in the air. We so, don't know what each other so thinks. So who gets to say what they think first? You. Oh, I do. Okay. Well, um, it, it is so apples and It's such a cliche, but it is so apples and oranges. I mean, Dylan's version is acoustic guitar and harmonica. And I think I think it is more melodic because Jimi Hendrix isn't exactly a, that much of a singer. But what he's done with it is fascinating with the the guitar work and the um, uh, the, the instrumental breaks and uh, the vocal is the, the, is more intense than Dylan's kind of laid back. You know, there must be some way out of here. Hendrix took it into another uh, sphere altogether. Dylan, when he performed it live, it was a, it was a totally amped up jam with electric guitars going crazy and everything. It was it was. It, it sizzled even hotter than the uh, Hendrix version, but uh, the acoustic original with the harmonica, I really dig the hell out of it, so I would go with the Dylan version on this one. Well, I did go watch uh, some performances of Dylan doing this, different ones, including that more electrified version, and yeah, I still think Bob Dylan should let other people do his songs, and I think that... Uh, <laughs> well, you did listen to the original, I trust. Yeah, yeah okay. I listened to the original, oh, which okay, I was okay. like, but then I watched different performances to see, did he do it differently, and he did do it differently quite a few times, and yeah, I um, I definitely think that Jimi Hendrix did it better than Emu. Wow. Yeah, I think he blew him out of the water, and uh, again, I think, I think Bob Dylan's songs are best left for others to do i i think his versions maybe they feel like sometimes they feel like demos for what ends up being these other versions clearly they are because he gets covered a lot yeah know? man for man's like, earth band i mean yeah. he gets covered it's like kind of like the springsteen effect you know yeah, well i think it's almost <laughs> i feel like people hear and they're like oh i can really make that pop and then they do and uh there is no substitute for what Hendrix did for that song. I just, it took it from a song I don't want to listen to to a song I'm absolutely in love with. So, interesting. Well, well people take his songs and they really do work them out. Like uh, the Mighty Quinn, like Mr. Tambourine Man. Mm -hmm. I mean, they do. Uh, they, they don't sound anything like his originals. I Mostly I prefer his originals, but... I don't know. They're so great in, in both uh, incarnations. That, uh, oddly enough, Hendrix is one of my least favorite. This is one of my least favorite Dylan covers, strange enough. I just don't. It's something about the vocal. I mean, it's nice, the guitar and everything, but I, I, I don't know. I would, I would prefer the Dylan on this one and uh, a lot of the other covers 
to this is not like the the greatest Dylan cover to me. Uh, it's good, but uh, I listen to it. I mean, I have it and I, I play it, but uh, nope. I'm going with the uh, original, and you're going with the cover. Going forward, will be I'll do it better than you, Moo, and we'll find out live in front of you whether or not we think they did it better than you, Moo. And in this case, he says no. I say yes. All right, and that brings us to song number two by an artist who's been on the show before, second time, another second time, and was referenced earlier in a way. Uh, we've talked about Sugar Punk Fairies bassist Holly Nicole used to be the drummer for Jaggedy Ann. Well, this lady is Jaggedy Ann, essentially the songwriter and founder of the band. Uh, she didn't sing lead on the Jaggedy Ann versions, but she does have her own group and records albums, and she does her own lead vocals, apart from Jaggedy Ann. And we're speaking of Leona X, wonderful hard rock songwriter and guitar player. I've had the pleasure of seeing live twice. In fact, the first time I ever went to the Whiskey A Go Go was to see Leona, and that was a memorable night. That was a couple years before the Jaggedy Ann reunion. And with her own Leona X band, she's recorded an EP called Ready for This? Question mark. The second Leona X EP, which was a long time coming, was well worth the wait. It's called The Woman in Me. Now, we're going to hear the title track to that in a moment. Uh, she did a great teaser video for this where she dressed up blonde wig and all like Charlize Theron's character in Atomic Blonde and she is my personal rock and roll queen I mean nobody does it quite like she does Jagged Ann's one of my favorite groups ever and her solo stuff is brilliant as you will hear for the second time on the show once again we present Leona X with The Woman in Me Slipping away 
All right, Leona X with The Woman in Me. Great title track from a superb EP. And you can find her at Leona X Band on Facebook. So I have the great honor, once again, just because that's how the cookie crumbles, of announcing the number one song. Now, this won't always be the case. This is an artist I've known for years, plays the Hotel Cafe regularly, and if anybody knows anything about playing in L.A., that is the holy grail of venues to play. You want to play Hotel Cafe, and it is none other than Joel Eccles. Joe Eccles is from, obviously, Los Angeles, California, and he sings rock, soul, and old school. And he submitted an excellent song called Mr. Mojo. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Joel Eccles. He writes from the depths of his soul. His sound has a nostalgic quality while remaining unique and all its own. He draws his influence from classic soul artists such as Bill Withers, Otis Redding, the southern soul of Creedence Clearwater Revival, and his rock and roll roots of Led Zeppelin. His songs are personal and truthful as he plays from the heart with lyrics that go straight to the bone and an affinity for funk. This artist will truly move you while he grooves you. Now that is what I've read about him. Now let me tell you a little bit about Mr. Mojo. This is a classic blues rock with snaky guitars and a funky backbeat that delivers the listener to the swampy south. The chorus burrows its way in, unpacks its bags, and takes up residence in your psyche. The gospel soul and sultry backing vocals coupled with his raspy roots rock crooning reveal this song's fervor and the devil in all of us. Enjoy our number one artist. This is Joel Eccles with Mr. Mojo. Mr. Mojo, baby, yeah. i 
And that was Joel Eccles, and you can find him on Facebook at Joel, J-O-E-L-E-C-K-E-L-S. All right, and that brings us to the statement of the next Birds of a Feather theme, which will be all the way out in November 6th. We've got shows in the meantime, don't fret, my pets, but uh, we're going to take a little break because it's just that time to do so. All right, so we can be with you all throughout the end of the year. So. And what is it going to be? Ren It Rains... Slash rains. There's a homonym thing happening there. Ren, yes, it rains. There's your bird thing. Um, rains <laughs> can mean either songs about being in power, royalty, ruling, monarchs, anybody who's uh, you know, the big cheese, the big kahuna, or songs about actual water falling from the sky, rain. Now, we're leaving it wide open here. It could be either one. It could be, now, of course, if you get a king in the rain, you could have a cake that's melting oh in the God, rain. That's Anything amazing. Like, the king in the rain would be incredible. It would be. But we'll take either. Well, it's about one of those things. Not necessarily a king, of course. Somebody in power. Somebody who's in charge, large and in charge, or the actual uh, rain stuff falling from the sky. We'll take any of them. And now that leaves it wide open, and you've got plenty of time, so we don't want to come up short on submissions on this one now, do we, Christina? (laughs) No, No. and I want to remind them before they get upset, we will still be coming at you every week. You're going to have the show on the 2nd and the 9th. Those are both going to be winging it. On the 16th, you're going to get a winging it. On the 23rd is David's special birthday show. Again, you're going to have a winging it on the 30th, and then our first full show again on the 6th. Right on. So this is the part of the show that brings a tear to my eye. And, uh, but it has to happen. It has to happen at the end of every show. And it is parting is such sweet sorrow. And this is where I ask you to weigh in on your feelings for a band or artist. And this time it is going to be Maroon 5. Are you in? Are you out? Are you indifferent? We look forward to hearing from you. And if you don't know, I encourage you to listen. I'm going to make David a playlist of Maroon 5. I will go that extra mile. I I have listened to bands I never dreamed I would listen to for the purpose of weighing in and giving my opinions on the show and uh, all in your service, and I'm happy to do so. And I will even listen to Maroon 5. And I've already heard something that I wasn't complete crap, so there's probably more to them. And I, you know me, Mr. Mr. Open Mind. I mean, they call me Mr. Mojo, actually, but of course uh, he swiped that title from me. So uh, now I'm Mr. Open Mind and among other things. So we will see what the results are on the next very long-awaited Birds of a Feather, but as... The lady said, we're going to have shows for you anyway in the meantime. And that only leaves us to wrap this puppy up in a neat little blanket. The next Winging It airs October 2nd. The second new Winging It airs on October 9th in place of the regular Birds of a Feather, which will return on October 23rd. My special belated birthday. I'll share music from some of my favorite indie bands, so it's kind of like my hit parade. And where can you hear us? Well, we've, we've been over this. Uh, Spreaker, 
Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Castbox, and uh, Podchasers, uh, iHeartRadio. Geo Savan, I'm sorry, is that real? I know I ask this every time. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go there just to prove it for myself. You know, <laughs> other Fusion Music Radio shows you can hear. There's more of them now. You can search Master Sessions, Octane's Groove Box, Butterflies and Hurricanes Archives, Butterflies and Hurricanes Indian Insurrection, Flowing Back is with Ian Moss, Tilly Riddle Show in details, The Hill Rant Radio Show. The Soup Kitchen, Audrey's Mixtape Show. Uh, what am I missing here? Well, us, of course. Us, of course. Us, of course. Uh, yeah, and uh, you can hear us at those platforms. Failing all that, you can find us all at fusionmusicradio.net. And that only leaves for you to say... Let's get the flock out of here. <laughs> This has been Birds of a Feather on Fusion Music Radio. Psalm submission. Psalm? Did I say psalm? Fuck me. I'll just keep, I'll just do it again. I'm just going to do our fat. Yay, go though I walk through the. <laughs> right? The fuck is psalm that? submission. Psalm. <laughs> this is escape mental patient shit. They would commit me just for looking at these. Okay, nothing's funny. Uh, Nothing not, is nothing's funny. funny. I'm picturing you know, Pearl Jam playing in my head. And now for feature number one, oh. One Hit Warbler. No, oh, sorry. That's you. That's oh, you. Me. Sorry. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's always me. It is not, <laughs> not always me. you. <laughs> the best part is it's always a surprise, and there's no reason it should be a surprise. I it was know. on the fucking format. It's on the format from day one. From yeah. day one. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, it surprises and shocks you. Yeah, it, it, it's what it's like living with me. It's just like... A, <laughs> It's like it's like being with Rain Man. It's like doing a show with Rain <laughs> no. Man, you know. All right, so uh, that brings us to feature number one. I almost said Rain Man. <laughs> we can have one. We called can have Rain a, Man. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you want whole, us to create, the whole one. show is Rain Man. Really, 